not being turned down. And we're live. Hey. And, I'm, and it's Game Changers. And my guest today is Jack McGee. And uh, this time you know my name because that, that isn't always the case. <laughs> and my guest today Oh, God. Is and and then it does this. Do you and, hear uh, that? It's hard. Yeah, I do hear that. What's that? Yeah. It's Facebook does this doubling thing. And I also have to go and and put that we're live because they don't send announcements. Anyways, you don't want to hear this. Tell me, you moved to you moved to the desert. What, yes. Now, what, okay. What what motivated that? Well, Stephanie and I have been thinking about uh, uh, romancing uh, a, a different adventure after uh, so many years in L.A. Okay, and, but I uh, thought it was a goat that Stephanie wanted. Didn't she want a goat? She does. Yeah, she wants. She wants a goat, and one of these days she's gonna get it. Yeah, she wants. She that's that was one. That was one particular phase. Uh, yeah. And so, so we looked at property back in uh, uh, back in Woodstock, New York, about four right. years, and we started looking. Uh -huh. And uh, in fact, we, we got serious about it. And uh, uh, we were uh, we were back there looking at it for houses and properties in Woodstock, New York, when I uh, got a call from my agent and said they want to see you for uh, for the Iceman Cometh on Broadway. Now, I've never I've never uh, done a Broadway show. Uh, the only experience I have, and we can talk about this a little bit later, was yes. uh, when I was a kid. Um, but I remember saying when the uh, the uh, the agent said they want to see you for uh, for the Iceman Cometh. I remember putting the phone over my chest and saying to Steph, what the hell is the Iceman Cometh? You know, I was you know, I knew about it, but I wasn't sure. And we were supposed to be going back to that week, next week to look at houses in Woodstock. We had a few things lined up. Right. And, uh, the, and then the agent said, well, you know, they're only seeing people in New York. Uh, and I said, well, I'm going to be in New York next week. And long story short, that's how it happened. But we were looking for a new new adventure. We just wanted to see. You know, she wanted quiet. She wanted pretty. At that time, she wanted a goat. You <laughs> yes, know, she, she wanted did. to have some, some, some farm animals and stuff. Uh, so we uh, we decided after I did the uh, did uh, Iceman Cometh and I come back, which was a thrilling, thrilling uh, experience. We have to talk with Denzel Washington, which is yeah. crazy. We'll talk about that. Yeah. Here. And then we and, and so we we said, all right, let's let's get back on track here and uh, and let's uh, uh, let's start looking for something. And the friends of us had moved out to uh, to Palm Springs area uh, near Rancho Mirage. So I said, all right, let's go out. And I always thought, oh, the desert, man, it's, it's hot. I'm, I'm Irish. I'm, uh, I'm fair skinned. I look like a science project. I sweat to it, you know. So, but we come out here and we found this incredible house in an incredible neighborhood. We knew nothing about it. We just saw it. And uh, we, we come out and it's the first house we saw and we put a bid in on it. And, uh, Get out of and, here. And, and it finally happened. And uh, I mean, it did happen after uh, a month, a month or two of, uh, of uh, waiting around and doing the paperwork on this. And we moved out here uh, a year and a half ago. So and, you uh, moved during the pandemic? Yeah, we yeah we moved yeah we moved right after the pandemic it's, uh, was started in that February. We moved that in, in September, and uh, we've been out here. And I don't care if I ever come back uh, to LA. Not so much for the people or the business, but I go outside of my house now, and uh, we're not in a gated community, so we're not one of those golfing communities, right? Uh, and uh, but we, we, I go out back. I'm astounded about how I'll show you. I'll send you some pictures of how beautiful it is. And, and uh, we we're nestled into the mountains there. We have incredible views. Not a big uh, house. Not a big piece of property. But uh, uh, you just you listen, and this and the the quiet is deafening. Wow. And there's no power lines, and there are no 
there's no, you know, I lived in Studio City, so right. there were planes going over our heads all the time. And now, and, and you just hear birds in the morning and, and, the, and, the, and the, this, the skies are so clear at night. I'm thinking, how did a kid from the South Bronx get to, get to now, how did this happen? You know, I never thought I, I would uh, in a million years, but uh, I just went back into work. I finally got a, a, a little gig uh, a, a week and a half ago. And uh, I've only been back to LA three times. And whenever Okay, I'm so back, now how, how is that? Like if you get a gig that's multiple days, what do you do? Well, then they'll put me up. They'll put so, you, you up. Know, they'll, have to, yeah. they'll have to put me up. You're you know, a big right? star. They'll put you up. Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> that's that's the deal. Well, I'm, I'm fortunate enough now to where you know I'll I'll I'll, uh, I'll I'll go back in if it's if it's a day I'll go in the night before any. I would maybe it's only happened a few times because it's been very quiet for this year and a half. But right. uh, uh, I, I would go into uh, and stay with a friend for one night if I knew I was working the next day, and then I come back home. It's, a, it's take the two hours to come back home. I wouldn't mind that. But if I'm going right. to be here for a couple of three days, then uh, uh, as, as just happened with this job uh, back in L.A. that I, uh, I, I got them to uh, spring for a hotel for me. So but yeah, we're out here and uh, it's just it, every day, every day. I'm just a now we've done some renovation on the house because uh, uh, Stephanie said to me, honey, the kitchen's a little small. <laughs> so $300,000 later, the Taj Mahal is in there. I get people this, you know, I'm, I'm wow. out uh, I'm out on a, on a street corner saying, hey, Sailor, come over here just to have the money to be able to afford this woman. She's driving me absolutely crazy, going bankrupt. <laughs> but I'm crazy about it. So get her get where she wants. You are, I wanted to talk about that. We might as well talk about it now. How, how long have you and Stephanie been married? Slappy, as you call. And why Slappy. do you call... Why do you call her slappy? Well, because uh, I'm so, I think about her all the time and, uh, and she doesn't think about me much, but uh, <laughs> I think about her all the time and, uh, and she makes me so damn happy. She makes me slap happy. So I, I started that. calling her slappy. I and, love that. Uh, and we're going to be married uh, 25 years uh, uh, in, about, in about two or three weeks on, uh, on March 23rd. That's insane. And how did you guys meet? We met in AA. We met, we met at a, at a Cocaine Anonymous uh, get-together up in Sycamore Cove, right in the ocean. Everybody comes up, pitches tents. I had never been there before. She and her friend Evelyn decided to do something outside of their comfort zone. Wow. And they're, they're two uh, sweet little Jewish girls from the <laughs> valley. So the, 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 just the idea of them getting into a pup tent and, and sleeping on the beach. <laughs> was not something they wanted to do. And uh, yeah. a friend, a couple of friends of mine called me and said, hey, everybody's asking me. I wasn't going to come up because it was a drive. I went up and uh, I met her on the 3rd of August and I asked her to marry me on the 19th. Oh, my Lord. 16 days that... later. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and... And, I'm, and I'm crazy about it now than I was when I just saw her 10 minutes ago. Nuts about it. And she knows what? it. And, you know, and I know it about you. You're so... Um... You're so, I'm sure you are with Stephanie as you are, as you speak of her, but I have done nothing but hear you speak adoringly of her. Oh which, yeah, I'm crazy about it. And, crazy and about it. has it always been that way with you too? Yeah, we've never raised our voices in 25 years. You know, I, wow. uh, I find it necessary to go out and talk to a palm tree once <laughs> in a while. You get me? But uh, so, 
<laughs> I, I think it's I think it's because we, we we are in recovery that we've learned the tools to be able to talk to each other and say, hey, there's a problem here. That's the problem. Let's find a solution. And that's you know that's you know don't get me wrong. Uh, uh, more than once, my, uh, uh, my uh, Stephanie has said to me, you know, my day's a lot better off when you're not in it. <laughs> and I get that. I get that because I'm me. I know me. You know, there's my day. I wish my days would be better off without me in it, but I'm in it because they're my days. You know. So yeah, we've uh, we've uh, we're we're just uh, we're we could we keep saying to each other almost every night as the renovation has gone on and it's beautiful. They did a great job. All right, they, wait. You moved in September. When did you start renovating the the kitchen? The following the following August. This this last August, about six months ago. And how long did it take to do the renovation? <laughs> They told us three months, it was six, but you know what? The contractor was great. Uh, the world has changed, Vicky. The world yes. changed, it slowed down. So he was up front with me, told us, and it was, it, it, it was we, we were back living in it after three and a half months, but then there was still additional stuff to be done. But I was tired of bouncing around from rental to rental because we, we rented a place. I was gonna uh, say, then, what did you do in the interim? Well, we packed all of our stuff into, into the existing garage, you know, and then we, we rented a place three blocks away for, for a couple of months. And mm -hmm. then we have a friend of ours out here that was told us, says, well, I'm going away for the whole month of, no month of November. So if you want to use my place, you can. So we, we took her up on that. So we were very fortunate. And then by that time, by Thanksgiving, I wanted to be in the house by Thanksgiving. So we kind of worked around it, and they uh, uh, they uh, they did the, the 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 main part of the house where they were where they were renovating the kitchen, and so we had painted the whole house. And then, of course, uh, you know, of course, my lovely bride says, "You know, being that we're doing this, I don't I don't really like the floors." <laughs> you know. So, okay, so the floors had to come out, you know, so it's, it's, it's a never, you know, it's a never, it's a never ending. And the truth of the matter is I'm glad she's staying here because this is, I think this is our sixth or seventh house. So when I go out the door, sometimes if I'm not, if I'm gone any more than four hours, there could be a Mayflower truck in front of my house. <laughs> she likes to move. But I told her that's it. This is this is this is the last one. We'll we'll go wherever we want to go for a short period of time. But that's uh, what I was going to ask you. Is this, is yeah. this it? Is this is this the place? Yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah. It is it. It is. Okay, it. so how's I? I've spent summertime time out there. How how were you over the summer? Because it gets hot. Well, we knew that we weren't. Uh, we we gonna we have to, uh, to to tough it out here because of the renovation starting in in August, and we were on the living three four blocks away. So right. yeah, yeah, it was you know it was it was it was tough. It was a different kind of heat that I was used to from in, in, in New York. Right. And you find that after a while you get you get uh, you get everything is whatever you need to get done by about eleven o'clock in the morning, and then you 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 go on siesta or you stay inside <laughs> and you go back and forth until about three or four in the afternoon, and then the night times can be you know are are, are a little bit better. Uh, uh, we have plans now this 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 time around. Now that we are we are established, the house is uh, is finished and. Uh, right. And we found somebody to watch our dogs. So uh, the, the, we're going we're gonna to go away in March for our anniversary down to uh, Puerto Vallarta, which we love going down there. And then sometime we're going to take some car trips. We'll get away for a week or two here and there. Fantastic. And so yeah. it doesn't sound like I was telling you before we went on the air that the people here, <laughs> we're kind of the COVID crazies. It doesn't right. sound like you have a lot of COVID. 
Oh, did you guys stay healthy through the pandemic so far? Well, we both we both got it, and, uh, got and it. but a mild, a relatively mild case, and you know, lethargic and, and tired and whatever. We were good up until about about uh, about uh, about eight eight weeks ago. I I contacted it, and it just like beat me up, and I you know I like taking my naps anyway, but these were sometimes <laughs> uh, uh, three four hour naps, three four times a day. <laughs> <laughs> and only not because I wanted to, just because I couldn't. My body was just telling me you got to rest. So I, I've yeah. been, uh, but I, I, I was fortunate. And Steph has what the, her doctor says might be a case of long COVID, to oh, where no. she's, she's having some stuff going on. But it's not, it's not horrific. But the, the, but the, she's uh, we we found the health system out here. We tapped into it, and uh, and the, we've been we're pretty comfortable with the with the guys that are and, and the gals that are are helping us out here with that. So uh, did you, you both had Omicron, the, the recent one? Yeah, I think we, I don't know which one it was. It was, okay. it was, it was, I don't know exactly which one it was, you know, and I don't know when is the last, the last time as I spoke with you, but we were coming off some stuff. Steph had uh, about four or four years ago, had a major, major car accident. Uh, and uh, she broke both of her legs. She was she was uh, uh, at an intersection, T-bone, and she uh, she broke uh, both of her legs and crushed one of the right knee. And oh, so Mike! For uh, yeah, so for uh, for for two two and a half months, she wasn't allowed to uh, she wasn't allowed to uh, straight uh, bend her legs. So they were in they were in kind of like soft casts. So her whole life was from. Uh, uh, they wanted it after after the surgeries that she had done. They wanted to send it to a rehab, and I, I said, you know, she goes to a rehab. We're looking at uh, a two hours a day max uh, for a PT, and then the other day she's in there with people that are facing the summer to drool cup, you know. So I, so I brought her home, you know. I brought her home, and I and I. Uh, and I and I took care of her for for two months, and her whole life was going from the from the hospital bed uh, to the, and she had to have the uh, the uh, L, the a, uh, L Ron the L Ron whatever the hospital bed was that has all the electric gadgets, right? You know, because they first delivered one to the thing there, and she said, "Well, this this looks this looks like it come out of Willowbrook or something like that. I can't <laughs> be in here." So we got in we got in the Cadillac of uh, of hospital beds, all the bells and whistles, and then but, but her whole uh, existence was uh, sliding from the bed to the commode, and then the bed to the uh, to the uh, to the wheelchair, so she could do her uh, so she could do her physical therapy and get around. And I had ramps built for her. This we were still back in LA. Right. Ramps built out so I could get her out and walk her around the neighborhood and stuff. And I got to tell you, um, I was good at it and. It's it was the 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 best it was the best uh, experience of our marriage I think you know to give her her dignity because I, I, what I had to remember is that this is this has happened to her it hadn't happened to me I'm just a, I'm just the schmo that's picking up the the pellets out of the out of the commode and then eventually the little worms out of the commode and then occasionally when she was bowels were moving properly I said woo we got an anaconda. You know what I mean? So and 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 we laughed. Wow, that is very bonding. We about, I, it, it was it was it was an incredible time, and uh, uh, you know it's it's so we, we but you know everybody has stuff. Life life was going on, but we we worked through this. So a lot has happened since since I saw you last. But uh, and so uh, that happened before the pandemic. So yes. almost maybe prepared you guys for life on clo in close quarters together. Oh yeah, every once in a while now still she wants she wants me to put a bedpan on. <laughs>
you know? And when you look, when a guy, an old guy like me, I'm 73 years old, you got to keep your options open. So I always keep a, a, a bedpan handy. Not, not, not the chrome metal ones. I got a couple of plastic ones, the throwaways, in case she wants to get kinky sometime. Okay, so that that definitely is a very humbling and intimate experience that you guys have had together. But you were prepared for it because you were already so adoring and devoted. And um, I'm sure you make her feel very safe, which is a lovely thing for a woman to have from a man. Well, it's well, thanks. And, and you know, it's it's also a part of me that I need to do that. I Why is that, Jack? Are you, an, need... are you Alanonic? <laughs> I don't know. No, I have a, it makes me feel good when I'm, when I'm doing stuff for her. Mm. I don't know if that's Alanonic. It's what it is. Uh, you can, you know, it could be hysterophonics. You could be, you know, uh, I, I have no idea. But uh, I, have, I, have, I have, the caretaker in me has always been there. I don't know there is from what I got from my parents, my, my training with the fire department in New York. I'm, I'm always best when you give me something to do, I can, you know, and then it's also, uh, I'm just, I'm just nuts about her. You know, I, that is just, so clear. And I think thinking about that, uh, that uh, uh, this, this poor thing, what is it like from her point of view? Wow. What is and, her and heart feeling? What are her fears? How, 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 sometimes it's hard for people to receive. Now, Stephanie's been at the receiving end of your love and devotion and adoration for a long time. So mm. when she was in a vulnerable position like this, was it just natural for her to be able to receive from you or was that challenging? That's probably, it's probably a, a question for, for her. Yeah. But I think we mm -hmm. talked about this and it's, it's all according, I think, how it's done. You know, if it's done and you're that, this and that, you know, uh, she, uh, we had a, we had a situation one time where she said in the, in the front room, in the bed. And then, then, the, uh, it was, it was raining out or something. And the washing machine was going in the other room. And all of a sudden the water from the, uh, from the, uh, the laundry room started coming out from underneath the door and there was water all over the place. She can't do anything. She's in bed. There's rugs on the floor. There's all sorts of stuff. I, I said, well, I got to go out. I got to go out and get some. I got to go out to the garage and get some towels and stuff to soak this up. And she and she says, she says, uh, well, there's a little mop in the closet. I said, a mop. Are you kidding me? There are fucking white caps coming out of the out of the bathroom. People, there's a couple of people from Malibu are surfing out of there. So I just shut up and leave me alone. So I go out and I do my deal. I figured out what it was. We, we stopped the deal. And we always, <laughs> we go back to laugh about that. Well, I have a small, I have a Swifter. You know, I have a Swifter out there. Swifter? Well, are you kidding me? It's, it's, it's crazy. People are breaking 10 on these waves coming out of the, with the water. But an hour and a half, two hours later, with every, every towel we had, everything we had to absorb stuff, we cleaned it up, we did it. You know, and the toilet had backed up, so it was the little pellets from a commode in there, and it was just like, but we laughed about it, kind of right after it happened, and because I I understood her helplessness that she couldn't do anything, you know, she couldn't help out at all, or right. she didn't have a couple of suggestions. <laughs> And are you able to move through this caretaker role free of resentment and and all? Because I mean, it's human to. Well, oh, it sounds yeah. like it's, you did it with a lot of grace, Jack. Oh, it's, it's my girl. 
you know, and I here's the whenever I whenever I come across any kind of situation that I, I want, I wonder what what must this be like for them mm. in, in life? Well, you know, what is what is the what is the what is the young girl at CVS behind the counter making twelve dollars an hour? What's her and she just the guy in front of me just yelled at, her, you know. And uh, so when the when the when the nitwit leaves, I'll say to you, I'll, I'll go up to her and say, "How you doing?" And I'm all right. It's just, How'd you like to be married to that guy? <laughs> you know, and I get her to laugh a little bit to let her realize that you know the part of me wants to grab the guy by the shoulder and say, "Hey, pal, this is somebody's daughter. This is somebody's sister." Wow. You know. But so, Jack, were you always this way, or did this come with recovery? Was this natural I, to you? I, 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 yeah, I, I think so. I, I don't think uh, you're talking to somebody who's never struck another human being in his life with his hands. You know, I, I've, I've never done that. And I grew wow. up in the South Bronx. In the South Bronx I, and a firefighter. Yeah. And well, yeah, of... but I was I was always I was my, my weapon was my mouth. You know, I could <laughs> I could dress I could dress the toughest guy and the baddest guys down and uh, in front of a crowd and have them laughing for some reason or other uh, halfway through it. You know, and, uh, and and so it's 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 uh, and I I become more and more aware of this, but I also have to understand too that my greatest uh, weapon uh, is 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 asset is one of my greatest assets, and there are many of them uh, <laughs> that uh, is, is 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 my my tongue, but mm -hmm. then also one of my uh, biggest uh, uh, defects can be my How tongue. Ah, so, so if I. Yeah. Go ahead. Like, give me, give us an example of how well, that. Well, just a wisecracking, you know, because nobody, nobody, nobody messed with me when I was growing up in the Bronx about, you know, somebody said the fat jokes, the this, that, whatever, and and usually after five minutes they come back and say, all right, listen, I'm not, I'm not going to do that anymore if you don't do what you just did to me, you know, and uh, so so it's uh, it's it's it's. And 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 I and I don't know I don't know why that that, uh, that was the case. But now I would say, say to guys like I play in the senior softball league out here, the Bengay crowd, you know. <laughs> uh, and it's I'm having a ball and playing two different leagues, sixty and over. It's 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 just been fantastic. But you got to get the guys, the guys, and and they start giving you the jazz. They find you know, oh, you're an actor, you're an actor, and then they start they they give me a tickle, and you know I say I say to these guys, listen, I know you're near death. But do, uh, do you want? I'll give you. I'll give you one. I'll give you one free shot. That's it. After this, if you want to do this banter back and forth, you got to be ready. You know, and then and then I usually wind up laughing because you know, I never I never liked being the, the the one that was a brunt of a joke. So I try as much as I possibly can not to do that. I mean, I'm not joking about just kidding around with guys, giving them right. a little tickle here and there to making somebody feel less than. There's, there's no, there's no, there's no need. I've had enough of that in my life, you know. Uh, not enough, but like it's like I'm, I, I'm going to write a book about it. But uh, <laughs> it's, I, I know, I know how that feels, and it doesn't feel good, and I don't like the way I feel when I, uh, when I slip once in a while. So, Jack, when you were a kid, were you the class clown, as they say? Were you always funny? Did you always get out of trouble with your mouth? Uh, yeah, I, I, I did. I did. I, you know, I was a little too sharp to get into trouble with, with, with some of these guys. I was the guy that would, I'd pull the, the pin out of the grenade and roll it in the room. <laughs> and then, and then run. 
And then, no, stand by the doorway. No, I want you to see that. I, do. I want to admire my work. You know, it's kind of it's kind of crazy. And I did that at the firehouse too. It was a great story. My friend Charlie Law was a, a fireman. He was studying to be a lawyer, and he's a great guy. And uh, and this other guy, Peter Peter Calamari, whose nickname was the Squid. And, and Charlie's pouring his heart out after they're having a beer, I guess, at two in the morning, way back then when they drank at the firehouse. And Charlie's telling him about it. I was having marital problems. He had trouble with the wife. The wife is, is going out on him and this and that. And he says to this guy, Pete Calamari, please don't ever let any of this leave this room. And Pete says, of course. What, what, are, you, what are you kidding me? Of course. So they both go up to bed and they come back down the next morning. And everybody that passes Charlie Law in the kitchen, because everything happens in the kitchen. You got right. 13 guys changing tours, every all the ball breaking and stuff happens. And then one guy after the next says, Oh, Charlie, I'm sorry to hear about you and the wife. I'm sorry to hear about you having some stuff. And Charlie is he's livid. He's livid. So he comes into the kitchen, he finds uh, Pete Calamari. He says, you guinea bastard, you You promised me that you wouldn't say anything. I poured my heart out to you. I trusted you. You said it would never leave this room. And Pete Calamari says, Charlie, it never left this room. And no, then Pete Calamari turned Charlie around and he pointed at the blackboard. And Pete Calamari had written down their entire conversation on the blackboard. So in fact, it never left the room. <laughs> that's the school of sarcasm I came from. You know what I mean? So it's just, that's what a pin puller is. You pull the pin, you start an argument, you roll it in the room and you see who, how many guys can, you can witness punching the shit out of each other over something they know nothing about how they got there. There's so, an art form to that. Okay, so now you come from, a, you have a lot of siblings, eight of, eight of you? I'm the youngest of, I was the youngest and, of eight. There's and three, did you, three of us left, yeah. And did you do that at home? Did you pull the pin and, and start trouble I, as the littlest? I, I guess, I guess I was, it was, I was a pin puller in training. <laughs> you know, you gotta, you gotta understand my mom, and my mom was the sweetest thing in the world. My dad was, was a, 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 a great, great, great dad and uh, hardworking. And, uh, uh, but there were seven of them, seven of them was before us. So I had other brothers. But I, I think I think probably I think the world agree with you. I have the I have the, the quickest mouth and the uh, and uh, and I know I'm the funniest, <laughs> you know. But but I come from that. I come from that banter, you know. You got to be ready to you got to be ready to do battle every night at the dinner table, because they're coming after you. You with that piece that I read that with your theater group. Unbelievable! Band, I was going to bring my that mom, up. That, that was that was the uh, that was kind of an insight. And it's the first and only thing I wrote. I've never written anything since then. I know you're going to say, you got to write, you got to write. But, uh, and you do. Yeah. Well, it's busy up here. I don't know how to do this. Good, you know. But it, it's, it's, I'm thinking more and more about it. I'm thinking because the, uh, uh, what I used to say to my mom all the time is, hey, mom, when any place we went to, mom, you want me to sing? You know, because I, I, I love singing and still do. That, that was going to well, be my next request. <laughs> well, that's the, and that's the, uh, that's, that, I, I haven't written the book yet, but I know that's the title. Hey, mom, you want me to sing? Oh, you know, so who knows, who knows if that'll happen, you know, but uh, uh, it's, it's certainly when, when, I, when I do say that to all the pretty girls, they do exactly what you did. Oh, Jack. Yep. Yeah, that yeah. sells a lot of books, Jack. It'll sell a lot of books. Yeah, but you got to write it first. 
You know, there's there's a discipline. Uh, there's somebody uh, from uh -oh. rooms that that. Uh -oh. Well, I, I what are you using this, that word for? Well, well, it's a terrible <laughs> word, but I learned this in the rooms that yeah. five minutes a day. And I have been writing five minutes a day for 7,000 and something days. And I did write a book very slowly, but I only had to write for five minutes a day and I had to be accountable. I send an email to someone and tell them that I did it. But, right. and I was just talking to Nancy Allen about this today. You, you can do this, Jack. And first of all, the other thing is you don't have to sit down and write. You can talk it into a voice recorder and have somebody else right. do the- Transpose it. Yeah. Do the, uh, do the yeah. That's that's the thing. I have a friend out here that's, uh, that he he offered. He said he would uh, he would uh, go through and edit it and, and and do some stuff with it. So so it's it's we're getting closer. We're getting closer than we were the last time when I saw you because I've been I've actually bought a bunch of a bunch of bought a bunch of notebooks because I, I thought that what I do is I I take each little notebook and go right through all of my siblings because I have a desire to have my nephews and nieces and great nephews and great nieces as the family tree gets bigger and bigger and gets further away from the roots for them to know what about their parents and their grandparents from my perspective wow. growing up. Wow. I think and that's- And do you that's... know about your your ancestry? Have you, do you, were your parents good about passing that information down? Well, they were as good as they, as, as, as they could possibly be from memory. But you know, mm -hmm. it, it, it was they don't have they were the tools weren't there like they are today. Right. You know, as you right. said, to take the, the voice memo and just start talking into it, and uh, so uh, not you know, we have a family picnic coming up. Well, it's every, every July, but uh, uh, next year, not this summer, but the summer after is the fiftieth. It'll be the fiftieth anniversary, and the road they'll, they generally when when it was in its heyday before the uh, the pandemic hit. There were up mm -hmm. until three, four hundred people at it, you know. Holy because, Moses! Yeah, because my my and most of them they were all they were you know they were all well they're all younger than me now. But uh, there's uh, my mom comes from a, a family of eight, and my dad only had to, a, a couple of three. But uh, you know those Irish Catholics they like to have sex. <laughs> By the time I tell you, I have only I have almost well every time they have sex, they have a baby. So there's I have sixty there's I have about sixty sex. I have about fifty-five, sixty nieces and nephews. And by the time wow. we finish this interview, one of them will have conceived. <laughs> I'm telling you, that's just the way it is. You know, I see I see so you do you have you had a family reunion during since COVID started? No, no, they, they haven't. No, no, nobody has. So there's, uh, there's, they'll have one this year and I won't get back for it, but I'm going to make the 50th uh, uh, next summer. I, I don't have any plans to get back there, but it's it's generally up in, in the upstate New York, up near Brewston, New York. And, uh, and it's, uh, it was started by my Uncle Bill, my mom's brother. And, um, uh, and, and so for the 50th anniversary, uh, his daughter still owns the house that he lived in up in Putnam Lake, New York. And wow. I think I'm trying to convince her to have it because that's where the first one was down in his, his backyard. I'm trying to see if she would be interested in just bringing it right back there because she still owns the home. So, and do you all wear the T-shirt? Do you have a T-shirt? Do you get T-shirts? They have the different, yeah, they, they, yeah, there's always somebody, some of the young kids is selling them, overpricing them. <laughs> To everybody and like I gotta, I gotta, I gotta put a t-shirt on to remind people that I'm in that I'm related to you. I don't know about that, you know. But uh, no, they it's 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 not that it's not that organized. What they do now is everybody brings they they uh, 
each, 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 well, especially with the pandemic the year before, everybody brought stuff for their families. And then they'd have stuff, drinks and stuff like that to cover the different things. We have games for the kids, egg throwing contests. You know, they, uh, wow. uh, they have, uh, they have a, a family tree that they add to every, every year. This big, uh, this like this big drapery thing comes down from the tree and they'll add names on it. So the, 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 the cousins and stuff are, are, uh, are, are carrying it on, but yeah, the, uh, it's, 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 it's quite a whoop to do. And, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of these, these uh, cousins and second cousins and then the, uh, and their kids that I, I, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't know them. Some of my nieces and nephews, Vicki, uh, my, my nephews, uh, kids, uh, there, I haven't seen them in, in three or four years because when sometimes right. you go back there, they're away. I mean, they could, uh, they could walk, I could pass them in the street and I wouldn't know who they were because they were, they were 12 and now they're 17. You know what I mean? Wow. And so it's, it's life is life is a funny thing. So it kind of made me think, well, you know, maybe I should get a little, get on this thing about uh, so I could I let them know that my oldest brother, I had I had experiences with my oldest brother and I didn't get to know him till a little bit later on through his sons. I was a lot closer with his sons because there was only an eight year difference in his oldest, his oldest boy and me. So he's oh. been, he's, you know, so they, he was like, how much wife. of an age difference between your oldest brother and you? 13 years. Uh -huh. It was 13 years. My, my brother Bernie, you know, when he was the high school football star, he was the, this, that always heard about him. <clears throat> my, my first memory was because he joined the Marines. You know, he, he went to uh, high school and he, was, and he was supposed to get a scholarship to go to Duke to play football. And he up in his junior year and he quit and he joined the Marines. So that was just the story. I, but I, I didn't find out the, his side of it until later on down the line when I was in my 20s and he was in his 30s. And he had, and he had a wife and three kids already. And say, hey, what really happened wow. back then? To, you know, so I, 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 I would only repeat what I knew about it. And now then I became more informed when I asked the questions of him, but, you know, and, and so I'm, I'm hopefully I'll, 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 I'll get to this, uh, to this thing. And the voice memo thing is a, is a great idea because what I thought I'd you do. Know, the, I, go ahead, yeah. Jack, this is like Yellowstone. You, you like the, the Irish Yellowstone from the Bronx instead of from, from, um, this is like a family saga. That would be a fantastic, uh, yeah, it's 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 yeah. Yeah, it's you know, and 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 I think it's the, the purpose of it would be just so somewhere down the line, so my nephews and nieces could know mm -hmm. what my experiences were with their mom and dad, mm -hmm. you know, and what you know, this. and 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 then maybe that'll that'll uh, uh, that'll instigate them into into asking more questions to their moms and dads now about what what my brothers and sister-in-laws uh, were up to and then a lot i know there's a lot of information that i would have because it's from my perspective right where, where i i came from or where i was from, from my my spot you know i, I always I, I always think about you know find that a friend of mine used to put a boy down to sleep at nighttime and she his little guy's name was matt and she come he'd come out and he'd be tossing and she and she'd always say to matt matt find your spot Find your spot, and I think that's 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 what I think would would uh, would be a, a good uh, a good lesson from from if I can get off of my lazy ass and go and do that. It's <laughs> because Lord knows I should just put a recorder on because I do like to talk. You're kidding, really? Yeah. yeah. Um, I would never know that. Uh, so so 
So what, what are days for like for you? So you're, you're, you're in the desert Yeah. when you're not working. What, what are the days like? How are you filling your time in the I'm pandemic? Usually, usually, we're usually up at five 30 in the morning. Oh my God. Yeah. Cause the dogs are lifting their leg on my neck, <laughs> you know, and they want to go and they run our lives. We had five, we lost two of them since we're here. That was, they Aww. were, they were older and we still have the three. But uh-huh. the, they get up, we go out. I, I, I made the coffee from the night before, so I pop the coffee in. I go walk around, and uh, and then I, uh, and then uh, we we sit for a minute, and we uh, we we discuss if we slept or not, <laughs> you know. And uh, and what and then what and then what what do we got? What do you got for the day? What should day look like? And then then the uh, the dogs are up, and they're up and they're sitting out there with us, and then. Uh, and then they wanted to go to the dog park, so they bark. I take them to the dog park for to give her a break so she can meditate and uh, and and have some some time without them 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 bugging her. Not that they do, but uh, it's just a routine that we've fallen into. And uh, uh, and then then you know then then when I come back and and then we walk them after I come back. They come back from the dog park and we feed she feeds them and then we uh, we walk them and then we've been we've been busy with. Uh, uh, there's been people in and out of our house now for six months, right. you know, so that's, uh, but we, it's, it, it's all good. And then I, you either, uh, uh, we have some friends that have moved out here. So you make arrangements to, to stop and see them where I'm playing. I played senior softball this morning. Uh, I had softball games. Uh, I have four games a week, uh, <clears throat> two a double header on Wednesday and then play either Saturday or Sunday. So you, we found that we had to make ourselves get out and do things. And we've been uh, we've been uh, in- integrated and uh, embedded uh, purposely in uh, in the uh, recovery out here. There's, there's some great recovery out here, and mm-hmm. uh, you know. And Steph, my wife, is uh, she volunteers at a place called the Living Desert, and the Living Desert is a place where it's a uh, a refuge for uh, for endangered species. Mm-hmm. And she's the giraffe lady. She's the gal who, uh, when the kids come in uh, and they. Uh, they get to uh, to offer up eight dollars for a fistful of lettuce. She shows them how to safely be able to feed the giraffe. So she's with the animals all day, once a week. Nice. And then she was teaching uh, yoga at a senior citizen center for a while until that shut down. And uh, we hike. You know, we, we within three blocks of where we live, we have uh, a seven or eight different uh, hiking trails, and and the the mountains are absolutely. It's pretty spectacular. I'm in awe. She's doing all this. It was only two and a half months that she was down with, with two broken legs. Well, that was two and a half years ago. But so, still. But, but she said, yeah. And then she, and she still has got uh, stuff uh, that uh, is direct result of that. And uh, but she uh, she's yeah, she's she's never she doesn't complain. She she has some pain sometimes, uh, but she uh, she uh, uh, she's she's remarkable. Wow. from what it, it has happened to her, you know? Wow. And, uh, you know, she even said to me this morning, I'm, I'm sorry that uh, sometimes I don't, I don't, uh, I, I feel like I, I'm not, I'm not as, as healthy as, uh, as, as I could be. I just, you know, you do, you're doing the best you can, you know? It, uh, you know, she doesn't, uh, she, her, her, she's remarkable. With that, uh, and it's my it's my job not to you know I'm not I'm I'm just glad I can get if I get an hour's worth of time with her a day and I know because you know when she when uh, I told you she says my day's better off when you're not in it if I go <laughs> if I go to work if she if she leaves and goes to the living desert for three hours 
I'm like, I want to like text her four or five times during that time period. What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? You know? And, uh, but uh, she, but when I'm, when I'm away, I said, all right, I'll go. If I went into work last week uh-huh. uh, and uh, that's the hotel. And I said, all right, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll talk to you later. I'll, 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 I'll call you before I, I go to bed. And then I'm thinking during the day, <clears throat> how come she's not calling me? Find out how I'm doing, you know? And then because yes, yeah, she reads. She's uh, she's she's very very uh, uh, smart. She's uh, she's she's got other interests, and she uh, uh, me. I'm like a scatterbrain. I'm either I'm either watching ESPN five times in a row with my hand down my pants, or I'm, I'm I got I got to do something. I'm like a gnat. I'm like a, I'm running all over the place. So, but uh, but we've we and now we're starting to go out. We've we've gone to see some theater. They have some great theater out here. We're going to see Jersey Boys this week, and nice. I've seen it. She has never. And there's uh, uh, there's uh, the Pink Pink Martini is coming out here in a couple of weeks or something. And uh, so there's some great theater and the stuff to do. It's just funny now it's starting to open up again, and we weren't here during that. We were there when everything was closed. You know, everything was shut down. So we're we're we've we've really become uh, comfortable in the setting that we're in, and uh, and and we're taking advantage of everything we possibly can. So that's what I wanted to ask you. So you, so how, how locked down were you guys? I mean, it, it sounds like you're pretty comfortable. I mean, did, did you lock down at the beginning of COVID for like for well, the first we, year? Well, we kind of only had each other when we got here. We didn't know many people. Mm-hmm. And then of course, you know, we took it, we took it seriously because, uh, you know, we, uh, uh, we wanted to make sure that we took care of ourselves and, and, uh, and then the and the people around us and uh, uh, so and we didn't know anybody out here. We hadn't done the meeting. They had meetings, but they they were some meetings in Zoom. But we didn't know who they were. So we we stay connected with uh, with some of our uh, recovery friends from back in LA. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, but but that was about it. But uh, and we 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 commented about this last week. We said you know it's crazy during that time because we we got along pretty well. You know. We, got, we still were able to go out and do a little bit of hike in there. We could do some some things, go out for a walk. Mm-hmm. And uh, when it was too hot during the summer, we would we would walk the mall. You know, the mall is air conditioned, so we do right. five or six laps around, around the mall, and mm-hmm. uh, just to, just to keep ourselves busy. But slowly but surely, you know, your your you you your your life evolves out here. You become more comfortable. You know where you're going. You kind of got an idea. You meet a couple of people in recovery. So you know, I got a few friends that I'll go out and I'll uh, I'll have a lunch with here and there, or I'll go to a meeting and then then knock around with the with a couple of buddies. But uh, yeah, no. So we've been we've been, you know, I, I think that's that's the case with a lot of people. They got they got shut down for a bit, but then all of a sudden, when the world starts to open up again. Uh, we we felt like we were kind of in on we were at we were at, at the same level everybody else was at that time, you know. Well, uh, but we, do you know how you got sick? Do you know how you got it? Oh, I don't know. No, because we didn't. We we were we were pretty safe and pretty careful all mm-hmm. along. But uh, but who knows? And then I, I mean, you know you heard things the same. Eventually, everybody's going to get it. Okay, so that mm-hmm. that was it, and I, uh, we got it, and we, we, we I was both. We were both double vaxxed and, and, and the booster shot and everything. But, uh, you know, and, uh, it, it, you know, when you, when you, it's hard to, it's hard to complain when you're lethargic and you, and you got to go in and, and take a, take a, a, yet another nap when you, when you see people are losing their lives, Yeah, yeah. you know, and we're grateful of that. So we weren't, 
we weren't uh, we we weren't uh, so strict, but we we certainly didn't put ourselves into in a position to where we uh, we if we if we went even to a meeting out here and there were people that weren't wearing masks, we wouldn't stay. Mm-hmm. You know, we find mm-hmm. someplace. You find the like people that, that think like you and want to and want to take the uh, precautions. So it's all worked out. You know, it's it's all worked out. How was it when you went when you worked for the first time during the pandemic? I know they test a lot on sets, and everybody is goes under those rigorous. Yeah, they did. They they tested me. Uh, three, you have to be tested three days before. So they sent the uh, they sent somebody here to my house to test to test there, so they could mm-hmm. get the results back in a couple of hours. And right. then when you get there on the day, you test that. And then the next day, whatever days you work, you're going for a quick swab and. Uh, and uh, they're, they're, everybody's wearing masks all the time uh, in, until you, you're shooting something. And then the masks go, go right back on. So I think they're taking as many precautions as they possibly can. They have whole departments for these production companies now that just deal in testing. You know, when you think about it, you've got a couple hundred people working on a show, you know, and, 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 uh, and sometimes the show, if they get, get somebody who's been compromised, and then they have to uh, do the tracing thing. Then they, they okay. push production back. In fact, they did with this shot, push production, my stuff back another three days. So thank God it was still available. But so, uh, so they're, 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 everything's like on, on the learning curve with them as well, mm-hmm. you know? Right. So. so speaking of the work, so Jack, for the people uh, that are new to, to this show and, and new to your history, it's a boy from the Bronx, but you didn't start acting way later in life. Was was that an initial dream or or not so much? Did that come later? Well, what did you I'll want to be you, when you grew up when you were a little kid? I, I don't know, and I still don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then and, and well, here's I, 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 I think I may have, I don't know if I told you the story before. This is incredible. When I was you got a minute. When I was eight <laughs> years old, I. Uh, I, I was involved with a, a, a group in, back in the Bronx called, <laughs> it was the PAL, the Police Athletic League. And these were cops, uh-huh. off, off-duty cops that would uh, would come and it was like an after-school program. So playing basketball, boxball, stickball, whatever. And so they, they made announcements, is anybody uh, can, can fit underneath this broomstick in a door buck and wants to make 300 bucks a week. And I was eight years old, this is 1950, 56, 50, maybe 57. And so, of course, we all ran and they wanted to see if you could pronunciate. And I remember it like it happened yesterday. They had to say, how now brown cow, which is simple, but they wanted to hear projection. And then they asked uh, if, 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 if you sing. And uh, yeah, I've been singing with the black guys in the hallways for, I guess, a year or two before that. So I, I sang and I sang uh, uh, Why Do Fools Fall in Love? Come on, you got to give us a few bars, <laughs> Jack. Why do So at any rate, so I do I do this deal and then I get a call, we get a call, my mom gets a call back. Now remember, it's back in the projects, and there's no she she finds out that I I uh, out of all the police athletic league uh, in every borough, I made the finals. I mean I, I was their wow. choice. I was their choice to go down. And uh, to the Majestic Theater on Broadway, and I'm eight years old, Majestic wow. Theater on Broadway, and my mom took me down there to audition for the Music Man on, with Robert Preston. 
So I went down there for two days, myself, Eddie Hodges, who got the role in the, in the Broadway show and went on to sing the song, uh, Hole in the Head with Frank Sinatra. Oops, there goes another one. Wow. That was Eddie Hodges. But then, oddly enough- Was he from first, your neighborhood? No, I didn't know. No. I didn't know uh, anything about okay. either of these uh. two kids that were down there. But the other kid that was down there was a kid that was four years younger than us, a little kid by the name of Ron Howard. <laughs> now, Ron Howard winds up getting the movie after Eddie Hodges did the Broadway play. And little Jackie McGee, went back to the Bronx. <laughs> so here's, and here's, here's the, the thing that went full circle. Mm -hmm. 60 years later, I'm in rehearsals doing, doing the Iceman coming. It's an incredible experience. I was petrified, yet I went in, I did some, some recovery work and went in and I said, oh, this is where I belong, blah, blah, blah. So we were in the rehearsal studios for about five weeks. The first time that we're going into the theater to rehearse. Now, the, the Majestic Theater is on 45th Street. Right. And the, the Jacobs Theater is on 46th Street. However, I went to the lobby of the Jacobs Theater and the, and the matron who's there was behind the counter. I said to her, I'm here. This is the first day of rehearsal. I'm, 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 I'm in the show. <laughs> and she said, oh, she says, oh, honey. Oh, honey, you must be new because this is not the entrance. The entrance is right down that alley, the, the alley right there. I said, okay, oh, thanks. So, Vicki, mm, I go walking down this alley and I felt my mother with me because she's the one that brought me down to the, to the Majestic Theater. And the reason why I felt her is at the end of this long alley, about 100, maybe 80 yards down, was not only the, the painted on the wall, the Jacobs Theater, but right next to it was the Majestic Theater. Oh my Lord. So I had walked down that alley 60 years prior to that with my mother. Oh my And I God. never thought in a million years that I would ever get a Broadway show. And it was in the, I went to the same theater entrance for four and a half months. And one door went to the right and the other door went to the left. Oh and that was Lord. just like, that's it's still, I'm the only one that knows it happened or anybody that'll listen to it. But uh, that was, that was pretty remarkable. Wow. Pretty so tell remarkable. us about that experience since we're here and then we'll go back. <clears throat> so what, what, how, how did this, this part in this Broadway show come to you? Cause you weren't, you weren't seeking it out. No, you? I, I wasn't. I told you that I happened to be in New York. They said they're seeing people. I went and I, I showed it. And then that night I was spending, uh, had dinner with my brother and sister. And, uh, and the, the agent called. My agent called and, and said, uh, uh, they really, really liked you. And I, I was just like, that never had. They don't call you that same night. For anything, they don't call you that same night. Right. So I said, oh, go. That's, that's great. That's great. And then we, we found out that uh, about a month later, it was about a month of waiting, uh, just before Christmas, that uh, uh, they, my agent called and says, how would you like to go to Broadway? You know, so it just kind of happened. And then wow. I, I, I worked, I, I prepared with a friend. I asked a friend of mine who was uh, Gabe Dell, who is uh, uh, a wonderful, wonderful uh, director and an actor in his own right. I asked him for his help because this, you had to be on stage for five hours, four, four and a half hours a night. 
Mm-hmm. And how to learn how to live this guy. And, and, and although I didn't have a lot of dialogue, there were 18 people in the cast. I had a lot of dialogue, but the, the, certainly Denzel did all the heavy lifting. Right. And, uh, I wanted to find out. I didn't want to go up there and just uh, look like a, a, a bumbling fool. This is another <laughs> whole, this is, uh, this is theater and this is Broadway. <laughs> <laughs> so he uh, he said to me, do you really want to do this? Uh, yeah. He says, you really want me to help? He says, yeah. And this is a four-hour play. He says, I want you to write out the entire script by hand. What? Exactly. What? The entire script. Yeah. And, says, and then when he, and he says, there's, there's seven pages of stage direction in the beginning. He says, yep. Wow. And what happened was... I said, all right, I'll do it. And I started doing it. He gave me these four blank books that were like art books. And he says, on, on the left-hand side, you leave the left, left side blank and you just write on the right side. We'll get to that later. That's for notes after you finish writing it out. And I got together one about five days later and I had written out about eight pages. And he says, what is this? I says, that's, that, I started writing it out. He's like, he said, I can't understand any of it. And he said, I want you to take your time. Don't rush through this. You've waited your whole life for this. Something like this opportunity. Take your time with it. So I realized then after that, the next 10 pages, I, my penmanship became better. Wow. And it reminded me once again of my sitting with my mom when I, my penmanship was so bad when I was a little boy that she would sit with me with those, you know, those blue books that had the lines in them yeah. you had, and she would sit there with me. And then the next 10 pages, I was like, oh my gosh, I, I can actually read my writing. And then, and then by the, by the time I finished this whole thing up, and, and, and wrote this thing out and I wanted to kill him for making it <laughs> suggesting that we do it. I, by the, when I walked into that rehearsal studio and these are a lot of heavyweights, Broadway heavyweights, serious dramatic actors that I, I got to work with back then. Wow. I knew every single one of the characters. I knew who these guys were, what my purpose was there, what my relationship was there. And I had never done, I'd done anything like that before. I've done some theater where you, you go, you read your lines, you make sure you get them, you make some choices about a character. But, right. to, be, but to, to have that experience, it was pretty remarkable. And then Denzel was great. I mean, he had a lot, he had a lot of heavy lifting and uh, he was, uh, he was, he was, uh, he was as congenial as he could be. He, he was. I was going to say, how was he personally? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, I mean, you know, he, he was good. He, he's, you know, he gave. He said, he, 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 just like the guys on the street gone. He gave me a tickle a couple of times. I said, I said to him, D, <laughs> you want to go there? I'll play. You want to play? And he did a couple of times, but then I, I, I didn't have the, I didn't have the nerve to, to really cut him to the quick. But yeah, no, he was, good. he was good. He was he was great, and uh, uh, and then I, I you know I got to have my sister and my brother uh, and their their spouses uh, come to see me on, on opening night on Broadway. Okay, and so I, what was that like, Jack? So, a boy from the Bronx, you you doing movies and TV your whole career. You did you did a little theater, right? Yeah. It, yeah. Um, but you're opening on Broadway. I mean, whether that's the dream or not, when you're a kid, you're opening on Broadway. I mean. What yeah, was it's, that? it's it's I you know I'm 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 still living a dream, uh, but but to but to have that happen and I was like wow I was more excited for my brother and uh, and and his wife and my and my sister and her husband and Stephanie to be there 
you know, wow. uh, because by that time the, the groove was there and there is a certain amount of excitement there. But mm -hmm. because of the work I had done before, I knew where I was supposed I knew where I was supposed to focus. Did I peek out once in a while? Yeah. Could you see them? No. It's all right. So stop that. Get back in the bar. We're a bunch of drunks. You know, it's all about alcoholism. It's all about <laughs> feel familiar with it. It's all about the sadness of that. And I remember getting I remember getting uh uh t-shirts uh made up uh I'm going to forget what the hell I had. I put up pipe dreams in 42 times in this play. The expression pipe dreams is referred to. So mm. I thought what better way before I got there is just introduce myself to these people is bring everybody a long sleeve t-shirt that said pipe dreams, because that's what the, the, the theme and the flavor of the whole show was. Wow. The guys that never got off the bar stool had all the talent in the world. It was an area. It was a subject matter I knew about, right? And so it was. It was. It was. It was pretty great to get to see these people come in. These celebrities, they would come in and, and see you, uh, 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 Billy Joel, just come back and 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 tell you how 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 much they enjoyed it. And 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 then the, the students that come in from Minnesota with their with their literature teacher, with their drama teacher, because they've been studying. Uh, They've been, they've been studying the the, uh, the Iceman comet, Eugene O'Neill for, for for like two semesters, and these kids knew more about Eugene O'Neill than I'll ever know about. But just to have them come in and just like look at you, like oh, can we can we touch it? You? you know, it's just like can we will you hug? And it was, I was like, what? This is every every night was like that. Every night wow. was like that. Uh, and then, and then, after, and then towards the end, it was like, all right, we're gonna come on and go. What's next? I got some. I gotta go back and be with Slappy, uh, you know. So I, do, all right, now I done Broadway, big deal. Now I gotta do Vicky's show. Wow. You know what I mean? I did Broadway. Wow. Now I gotta be on with Allison. <laughs> how much better does that get? I don't know how much better can that be. So, or so. So what were you writing in the left? What was he having you write on the left side of the page after oh, well, you filled out? Then, then we start to break it down. Mm -hmm. He just got, you know, you start to break it down. He says, what, what, what does this guy mean to you? What is this? And then I, I would, on my own, I grabbed a little photo, the best I could for me. From the uh, from the Hollywood Reporter, or whatever, as to who at Broadway uh, Show Magazine, who was playing what part. And I put a picture of them up there. What do I? What do I want from him? What do? What? What does this guy mean to me? What am I trying to get from him? Do I care about wow. him? Just a little bit of history, and then I'd have to go back over it and uh, and 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 thumb through it and and see if uh, how much. I'm sure a lot of it will make sense now, but uh, it certainly was a way for me to engage and and to know that after after the third hour of being on stage, how to stay and not and not pull attention away from what was going on, but should somebody be watching you, you, that you, have to, you had to know that, that uh, it was important for me because the, the person that pays uh, $90 a seat living up in the balcony, or if they're paying $280, they deserve to see the work being done. And it's the first time I had, had that kind of experience, you know. There's always, Did it always, did right. it impact you moving forward, Jack? Was that anything that you take with you? Um, do you look at a film role differently since that, or no? I do. Is it I, do. I, I, I try to write out at least the scenes that I have. If there's a, if there's a big chunk of stuff, you know, mm -hmm. I, I'm not, I'm not. Uh, they're, they're not, they're not asking me to. Uh, uh, 
to uh, to do any any great soliloquies or or any uh, any great romance stories because mm -hmm. you you know you play the guys you play, but it that 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 helps me, that always helps. Mm -hmm. But this was like this was like colossal compared to anything. Because usually if you get some you get five or sixteen, some of them may be big, couple of big monologues. Write the monologues out. Write the monologues out. You learn that in in the recovery program, the power of pen to paper. You right. Know, you write that stuff out, but. Uh, um, this 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 was this was big in in, uh, in in allowing me to keep it keep it fresh and alive and stay in the moment with somebody you know when somebody's even without even when you're not even talking when you're not even addressing that person on stage eighteen people on stage wow you know and uh, in various uh, stages of of uh, non sobriety you know and uh, who's 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 who needs what from who. It kind of kept it fresh and kept it kept it alive because you uh, you were making choices all the time, you know. I love that. It was great fun. It was great fun. So this has been a recurring theme for you because you've played in Rescue Me. It was about sobriety and recovery. You've you've dealt with this in your life and in and in your art. Do you think? I don't think that's an accident. Do you? <laughs> oh no, because without without the, without uh, uh, without recovery, uh, without uh, this the great surrender. None of this happens. How did you have your your what was your great surrender? Did you have a low bottom? What what got you to get sober, Jack? I, I, you know, there's a musical we did for the one of the conventions and one of the songs and it was his uh, uh, a big fat bottom. We all got him. Uh, <laughs> and there was a dance number that the girls put together. Uh, I think your bottom is, is is whatever it is. You know, I I uh, uh, it was it was uh, it was a bottom inside. I knew that I just didn't know. You know, I had a, I had a heart attack from cocaine before, three years before, and went in for then went in for uh, for two, two and a half three weeks, and then come out because I got a job and they wanted me. And you know, realizing that uh, that the second time around, for some reason or other, it was when it was done, it was done. You know, and I uh, and I and I haven't had the uh, the uh, 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 craving or, or anything. It's just when it was done, it was done. I was I was sick and tired of being being who I was, and I knew that wasn't the guy. I was ashamed of myself. It was all the stuff you hear, but uh, um, yeah, no. So it, did, and, and yeah, did it ever impact your work, Jack? Because you you've been sober what twenty six years? It'd be twenty seven years, uh, twenty eight years in July, I think. Yeah. Well, wow. uh, yeah, it must have. I mean, when I was out doing the dance, you know, the, if not then the next day. You know, if you, you you can't go in and no matter what the size of the role is or the commitment is and into into a, a group of people that that I enjoy so much being around the creative people uh, to go in and not be 100 percent. I'm not comfortable still with looking at stuff before sobriety. You know, I'm uh, I, and I don't seek to watch myself after after if it's on, it's on, you know, uh, and and and, and I, or I'll look to it if I want to if I want to remember uh, uh, how crazy I was about Christian Bale and my relationship. I'll go back to what just watch a little bit of his genius uh, to remind myself of uh, of how fortunate I've been. Um, but uh, I, I I think uh, it's you know it's 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 the thread of my life uh, and uh, if. Uh, it's it's the most important thing that ever happened in my life. More important. Did you did life. you ever like not show up? Did you ever screw up? Did you did, did oh I, ever... yeah I I I I, I uh, yeah I, I passed on auditions and saying that 
you know, every excuse in the world, the car mm -hmm. broke down, the this, that, whatever happened when I first moved out here. Yeah. Uh, uh, now, if I, uh, uh, now if I have to, uh, if, if I choose not to go in on something, I say, I'm just not comfortable coming in and, and reading for that. And it's, and it's uncomfortable to do it, but it's honest. And at least it's gone. You don't have to worry about covering your story. You know, mm -hmm. so I, I've, I've learned a lot, you know, and I, and I, I very rarely turn anything down because I, I like to work. I like to be, you know, I'm still amazed that somebody wants me to come onto a set and portray somebody. And uh, the joy for me is the guys and girls on the set who work so hard. That's where the magic happens. Because, you know, you and I could do the greatest love scene in the world. And, uh, well, there's a thought. And, uh, and, uh, <laughs> but, but if, the, if, the, if, the, if the focus puller isn't made to feel like she's an important part of the production, that scene never get, makes the film. So for me, it's the guys and girls around the set. I kid around and joke around with them a little bit. I always, but I just I have such a great a great appreciation for the magic that happens when you put a couple hundred people together. And all of a sudden, six weeks later, with the, like the fighter, six six seven weeks later, you eight weeks later, you finish this movie, and next thing you know, it's nominated for an Academy Award. Unbelievable! Like, what? Just and then fantastic. you get to go to the big dance. You know, and then sometimes you get you do you do stuff, you do a film, and you have some fun, and it's a, a film with called Cool as Ice with Vanilla Ice. <laughs> that one, well, I wouldn't go to no award show for that one, but I got to meet him. I got but to meet you, him. But you, you got to go to you got to go to the the, the dance uh, yeah. a, a few before uh, times. So yeah. what is what is that like when you're doing that? Uh, it's, this boy it's pretty from spectacular. The, the first time, the first one time we did it, Steph was impaired once before that. She had broken her hip when we were hiking up in uh, up in Fryman Canyon. So when she went to the Academy Awards for the fighter, she uh, she was in a wheelchair. Oh my so God. she says, I don't know if I should go. You're going. If I'm not, if not, I'm not going. I'm not going. Go. I'm not going there without you. You know. So we, we, we went there and, uh, and then we get there and Deborah Norville, I'll never forget this on the red carpet. You know, sometimes they ask you, they completely bypass the, uh, the, the wives of the girls. Oh, absolutely. And you know, uh, and then the other girls will say, well, so the, the Deborah Norville uh, uh, says, to, says to Stephanie, oh, I, see this. I always say, this is my lovely wife, Stephanie. Without her, I wouldn't even show up at this thing. And, uh, and Devin Noble says, oh, I had a very nice knee story. What happened? Well, I had an accident. I took this. Oh, I got some broken bones. I'm recovering. And she, and she said to, uh, uh, I think I said, I don't know if I said to Devin Noble, aren't you going to ask her what she's wearing? Because that's what they ask. Oh, yes. either that or I, I just thought that. And Deborah Noble said to her, uh, Stephanie, what are you wearing? She says, Marshalls. <laughs> you know? So that's that's the it. memory. That's the memories I have of that. And then she was further down the red carpet, and Tim Gunn from uh, from the the show, uh, whatever the, the thing with Heidi Klum, he uh, he he grabbed hold of her and he said to her, "Yeah, you're making it work." And that was all she remembered from the entire, because she was a little bit gooned up on narcotics because she was in such pain. But uh, yeah, it's 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 fun to go to the dance, you know. But if when you when you got some, when you got something in it. You know, it's, right. it's, 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 it's fun. I got, I got no, I've done it. I've, I've been there. It's great. If, if I, if I, if it ever would happen again, that's fine too. But uh, I'm, I'm just happy with the, if it's, if this is, you know, you start thinking to yourself, you're out here a couple of years and nothing's going on. You say, have they caught up to me? 
you know, <laughs> and, and maybe, maybe they have, maybe they haven't, but that's not, I'm not in control of that. And I just get to when I'm, when I'm feeling a little bit like, like, uh, like the, the light isn't shining on me and I go mm-hmm. play senior softball, you know, yeah, or it. I go on a hike with her and, uh, or I go out and look at the mountains or play with my dogs. I'm very happy. But you do have you do have work coming up that you've done over the pandemic. You've got yeah, three feature right. films that haven't dropped yet. There are, and I re- I re- realized when we were talking before we started this that sometimes they change names. Yes, I do. I have a I forget what the hell the names are because okay, they, so one it, of them is called A Place in the Field, which you're the right. lead. You are the guy of that one. What am I playing? I I, I don't remember because sometimes they change the names on. I don't know what you. I don't yeah. know because it, it. I just saw the IMDb, and you have the top credit in that one, a place wow. in the field, and then you have a leading role in um, Road to Terzetto. Oh, Road to Terzetto, yeah, leading role in that. Yeah, I just did that for a friend of mine. It was. Uh, it was, was that Marriott Hartley? Is that the one, Marriott Hartley? No, oh, that's no, that's a different. One. That's only Marriott Hartley that I, I did with her. She and her husband wrote something, but I also oh, did our almost completely true story. Is that there no? It that's is. A, Okay. There it is. That's yeah. That's that's the Jen. I worked with Marriott before that on Silver Skies. Uh, I I got to have a little, not a full on love scene, but I get to I, I got to uh, well she got to make out with me. <laughs> is that the one that had a character with Alzheimer's? Is that? Yes, that was with George Hamilton. George Hamilton. Whoever thought that I'd be working with with George Hamilton? <laughs> you know, and I got to meet him, and then a couple of days later we. He said to me, will you help me with this, uh, this script? I says, yeah, sure. I said, where do you want to do it? He said, will you come to my place? I said, yeah. So on Wilshire Boulevard, I go in, I'm, I'm, I walk in, and I'm in George Hamilton's oh, house. God. And he's got all these, these, these things all over the walls. It was done really, really nicely. And, and he admitted to me that he was a, a little bit of intimidated by this role because most of his career, he's had... Uh, he, he had the safety net of making light about his looks and about his tan and about and right. this is a guy, this, this story, uh, Silver Skies, my friend Rosemary Rodriguez directed and wrote it. It was about a group of people, uh, older folks who, uh, who were living in an apartment complex and mm-hmm. they find out that if they, uh, that they have to buy their apartments within the next 30 days or they have to move out. And I play George, I play a roommate with George Hamilton. And mm-hmm. for the longest time, uh, George Hamilton, when he was younger, his character when it, uh, used to be a, a gopher for Dean Martin. And now he's got Alzheimer's. So he, he goes in and out of thinking he's Dean Martin. So there's, oh, wow. the, there's the comedy there. There's the sadness to it there. You should really take a, take a look at it. I strongly suggest it. It's a lovely film. It's got Marion Harley. It's got Alex Rocco. It, it's got Valerie Perrine. Uh, it's got Barbara, Barbara Bain. Uh, it's, it's just the sweetest, sweetest little How film. How long ago? I, I've met, I met Valerie a few years ago. Valerie's had some health stuff. How long ago? Oh, she's had a, yeah, this is just before. This is, I think, one of the last things she did before. She was mm-hmm. really, really... Uh, uh, infirm yeah yeah. Uh, yeah but silver skies it's a great little a great little flick and uh uh and i got to have you know i got to i got to uh, play with with george hamilton and uh, that's amazing yeah and so, he, he good go, go ahead tell me about george well he just wanted he just 
he was he was afraid. So what are you worried about? He said, well, you know, and they told me, you know, my career, this is, this is a serious, this is a role that requires him to be light and this and that, whatever. And there's, but then there's also the underlying thing that he knows that he's, he's, he's failing, he's slipping. He knows that, you know, and uh, my character is the guy that take, is his caretaker. And uh -huh. I, I remember just saying, don't worry about it. I'm going to be right there with you. Just and like so, you, so you, yeah, I was just going to say, so you were in life as well. Does George not take himself seriously in real life? I mean, I don't know. I've never met him. Oh so my I don't. God. He's a goon. <laughs> he's just, <laughs> he's just, the, he's just light and lovely, you know, and, and stuff and, you know, and, uh, and all you got, all I got to do is, and I didn't stop giving him a tickle about it because I'm not teeing this up for you, pal. This is too easy. <laughs> I'd say something for him about his lighting and, and he just, he'd look. You know, he made, he, he, he's just, you know, uh, he gave me one of his hats. He knew I loved hats and he's got Aww. a great collection of hats. He came, showed up with a hat box with, with this lovely, lovely hat in this. Uh, uh, so whenever I wear it, I, I think of George. Yeah, he's, uh, he's, he's, quite a, he's quite a lovely, lovely man. That's really nice to hear. So, so Jack, you're, you're this kid from the Bronx. Right. How do what, were, you, were, you, were your family firefighter? Or was that like a family thing? Were, were there a lot of firefighters in your family? How did you come to be a firefighter first? Well, my dad was, my dad when he was younger, was a pro ball player. He played uh, in the giant wow. organization. He was a catcher. Uh, wow. And my mom was, uh, grew up down in the, the west side, down there, down there where the, uh, the Hudson Yards are now. The Hudson Towers, whatever that thing, 34th Street and 10th Avenue. But my uh, my brothers, uh, you know, when you're a kid, an Irish kid from the Bronx, mm -hmm. uh, a guy or a girl, you take the civil service test because that's a job that pays and it's a job that's got security. So my uh, all of my brothers were, uh, my brother uh, Bernie was a, a fireman and then became a lieutenant with the fire department. My brother Dan was a, was a fireman. My uh, my brother Larry was a cop. So, so the, the top three, the... The, the first three, the, the, the hat trick of the McGee family, they, they were all in civil service. So when you're a kid, you just automatically take the exam when you're in at a high school and figure out when it's going to come about. And then, and sure enough, just when the timing was right, I had taken the exam and they, they, uh, they, they called and I, and I, I had nothing else uh, going on at that time. I was working in construction. I was working on the World Trade Center at that time. So I was tying steel down at the World wow. Trade Center. Uh, so when that came up, I was like, great, I'll, I'll, I'll stop having this back break and work and I'll be able to have the, the time off and the flexibility with the hours. So uh, it just, it's, it just kind of happened. And it was, a, it, was, it, was a, it was a great, great job. And, uh, you know, and when I first went on the job, I, uh, my brother Bernie was, uh, was a fireman in, in, in Harlem. But he had studied really hard to uh, for the lieutenant's test, and it's a very very difficult test. He only had a high school education, and uh, he studied. and His his badge number was seven thirty eight, and that's uh, uh, that, that was his his badge number. So so when he became a lieutenant, he had to surrender that badge, and they gave him a lieutenant's badge. So when I come on the job uh, in nineteen seventy seven. I asked if his badge, if 738 was available. And sure enough, it was. It had been in the system for a while, but nobody asked for it. So I got to wear my brother Bernie's badge. Wow. 738. And oddly enough, 10 years later, when I left, my nephew, Stephen, my brother Bernie's son, came on the job. 
and he asked for it. So we've had three, we've had three McGee's that carry the same badge from us 50 years. Wow. Yeah. So, so yeah. Go ahead. You finish your thought. No, so they, they, uh, that's, that was the, the, but, but also the fire department was, was the, was the perfect job to, to have me start pursuing the, the, the dream of, uh, of being an actor. Was it, was it something I was obsessed with? I said, no, nah. I, I used to watch and see when I saw Cagney, uh, uh, James Cagney danced mm-hmm. down the steps of the White House in Yankee Doodle Danny. I remember saying to my father, man, I wish I could do that. You know, so there was something there. And I had always done stuff with bands as kids and stuff, but I hadn't done a lot of, uh, a, uh, some theater work, some local uh, community theater work, uh, uh, Chasing Girls. You know, that was that was my motivation. It wasn't <laughs> about a paycheck, it wasn't about a fame, it was about the dames. So uh, the dame. So what? What was the? And it worked out pretty well, by the way. Thanks. It did, because I'm a Bronx girl, and I did community mm-hmm. theater at Bronx House, which you didn't know about. It was at Pelham Parkway, the Jewish part. Where, what was your community theater in your neighborhood? Oh, it was up in. It was uh, that by that time I was living out of the city. It was in. Uh, it was up in uh, Brookfield, Connecticut. Oh. Yeah, and I know about Pelham Park. I know I used to live off of Gun Hill Road, Gun Hill Road, and White Plains Road, for yeah, the longest time when I was in high school, and then I got out of there. But, uh, oh yeah, so you were in the way, where, where were you, what, what was the name I of was, the theater room? It was, called Bron- it was called the Bronx House and it was a community center where we got shipped after school because our parents oh, my, worked. And so we went there and took drama and then great. did plays and did all of that. So I was doing all of that when I was a kid. Oh, yeah, that's great. Well, that's, 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 that's the joy of it. Even the, even the community theater I did up in Brookfield, Connecticut, it was, it was great because there were people with different levels of uh, ability, commitment. Right. Uh, and 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 uh, uh, and it's okay. Uh, uh, you know, you learn you learn how to uh, paint sets. You learn how to hang lights. You learn how to do stuff. Whatever you you got to see uh, you got to see people naked backstage sometimes if you get lucky. <laughs> you know, and some of them sometimes were girls. Woo! You know, but uh, you, you get you you get your chops there. And I still have friends of mine from back in that that the, those theater groups. Those are still around that I have fond memories of that. But, yeah, absolutely. So how did you segue from the fire? So the, you said the fire department was a good place to be to become an actor. How so? And how did you make that transition? Well, I, I had a, a Mike Nichols come up to a, a show I was doing at a community theater with my brother, Bill McGee, who is uh, to this day one of my favorite actors. He doesn't pursue it at all, but he's the most gentle, the warmest, the kindest, the most giving guy I know. And wow. uh uh, we we were doing a, a play up there. Uh, forget the name of it, but but Mike Nichols happened to, to spend summers up there, and a friend of his uh, uh, brought him to it. And he said to me after the show, "You know, uh, uh, you shouldn't be here." I says, "I said to him, was it that bad?" <laughs> you know? He Did said, you know no, who he was? You knew who? No, he was. I didn't know who he was. It's some guy with glasses. No. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. There were plenty of dames around. What do I know from him? So he. Uh, he says, well, you should, no, you should, you, should be, you should be in New York. Wow. I said, yeah, it's okay. And then I said to the, the gal, the friend that he knew, I said, who is that guy? It's Mike Nichols. He said, yeah, what does that mean? You know, uh, so long story short, once the fire department came along, that gave me the time off. That gave me the, the, the flexibility with dates because if I needed to get down to an acting class or 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 or, or, or to go into for an audition in in the city, I uh, I had fifty guys to choose from to swap days out with. 
Wow. So I could always have the flex, you know, I'd say that in the fire department, you work nine hours day shifts and 15 hour shifts at night. And a lot of these guys are married. So I, I, although I was married at the time, I didn't have any kids. So I said, listen, if you work for me tomorrow days, nine hours, I'll come in tomorrow night for you, 16 hours, and you can be home with your family. So I hardly, wow. ever, missed, I hardly ever missed an opportunity. So in that, with that respect, it was, it was a steady job. It had benefits, you know, and the flexibility of the hours normally was great. But then the, the, the opportunity that it gave me to, uh, to pursue the acting is, uh, as much as I did, and I never really pursued it a lot. I did. I did. I, I, I went down. I got involved with a theater group, and we we put together a little showcase. And uh, and the first uh, showcase we got, I, I was a part of. I got somebody that was interested in representing me commercially. Wow! And so it was it was it was kind of happening bang bang. You know, I I know a lot of people, a lot of kids, a lot of they, they struggle or something. But uh, I, I was very very fortunate when it came to that. And how did how long did it take till you got your first professional gig? Uh, commercial that commercial. was I, that is where you started i know that yeah so, yeah, yeah I, I uh they told me that uh, it would take between 100 and 125 auditions and you don't get discouraged and but by the time i had 30 auditions i had five national spots running oh my gosh it's crazy it's wow. crazy. My first commercial was for Kellogg's Frosted Mini Wheats, <laughs> one of the heads of a two-headed giant. I was crunchy. It's crunchy wheat and nicely sweet. I was crunchy wheat. <laughs> and all the guys in the firehouse, when they saw it on the air, they said, hey, look at McGill, you fat bastard. It's the two-headed dragon. It's the two-headed monster. Until they found out that it was on Saturday mornings during the kids' cartoons and it ran like crazy. And until they found out how much money I was making, I was I tripled my the, the salary from the fire department the first year. Then they all wanted to know, can you get me in on this? <laughs> yeah, they go, yeah. Next time somebody's casting a horror movie, I'll, I'll get you in on it. So, so yeah, that was the first one though. So how did you, so at what point did you say, okay, I'm done, I'm an actor, I'm, I'm, I'm out of here? Well, I, I really didn't get comfortable with saying that until, uh, uh, until much later on down the line, after I had been doing it for a while. Uh, I, I left the, the fire department after 10 years. I, I put my paper in and I figured, okay, this is, this is time for me to, uh, to uh, I had somebody that was interested in representing me out in LA. And I said, all right, I'm going to pack it in. I, I left in June and I, uh, I moved from the South Bronx, uh, not from the South Bronx, from the Throgsnick section of the Bronx, Pelham Bay, to uh, Hermosa Beach. Wow, you know, that's quite a was, transition. <laughs> yes, it was. I was, uh, I was 100 yards from the ocean, and, uh, and, it was, wow. and the party was on, you know. Wow. And, I, and it was okay when it was okay. It's just that uh, there's nothing wrong with Hermosa Beach. It all had to do with my favorite subject, me, you know. Drinking. Uh, uh, drink to whatever, yeah. Not being that choosy. Not being that choosy, drinking, using, doing whatever, having fun, you know, uh, uh, enjoying myself. But then I stopped, you know, I, I avoided going to auditions. Oh, the car, too much traffic, this, that. And finally I had an agent uh, that said to me, you know what, Jack, here's the deal. You're full of shit. And I'm not going to keep on taking uh, opportunities and throwing them out when somebody else wants it. Now you either go get help or not. Eventually, eventually I got the help and, and here we are. 
You worked so much when you were still drinking. Did your career shift when you stopped? Well, I, I come out here in 89. Mm -hmm. I got sober in 80 uh, uh, for a short while in, in, uh, in 90. And then I, uh, I got uh, sober. I, I stopped the madness in 95. Mm -hmm. So there was a three or four year period that I that I uh, I had then uh, worked and uh, and uh, and I was it wasn't insane all the time, mm -hmm. but it just mm -hmm. was you know it's whether it be sometimes with the time off, with mm -hmm. what I don't remember, but I know that uh, uh, I'd have to go back and look and, and put a line in between the stuff uh, date wise, because uh, from. Uh, uh, before 19, oh, well, and when I worked, I went over and did a movie over in Thailand with Roger Moore as another guy. Right after I come back from that in 1995, in, in March of 1995, and I, I realized that as soon as I come back, the first place, person I stopped was to see the dealer. I said, I got to go for help. Oh, you know, yeah, and, I, yeah. and I packed it in. So when it, it was, when, it was, when it was done, it was done. Um. Tony is saying she loves the story about when you met Cagney. Oh, no, I, I never met Cagney. Who's saying this? Tony Vincent says, I love the story of when he met Cagney. She thought oh, you met James Cagney, I guess. No, I, I didn't I, meet Cagney, but I, I met, when I first met Charles Durney, I'd always been told, you know who Charles Durney is? Of course I yeah. do. I just, I just watched The Sting of last yeah. week. Yeah, Fantastic. so I and you can see the similarities. I've always been told from the, the get go that hell I yes, that I read, I read, you know, you remind me of James Cabab of of, of Charlie Durning, Charles Durning. So I first meet Charles Durning, and I uh, and I, I said him on a small film, and uh, I, I says, Charlie Jack McGee, it's really nice to meet you. He says to me, "Who the fuck do you think you are looking like me?" <laughs> and the love affair began. We spent so much time together. He Aww. talked about his uh, his experience during the war. And he also talked to me, dropped the bomb on me that he used to, for about 15 years in a row, he used to have dinner with James Cagney every Thursday night. I said, you what? Wow. With James Cagney every Thursday night? Yeah. So he told me some of the stuff that, did, that, uh, that went on between them. And I don't remember. It was just friendship stuff, you know? And, uh, and, uh, so long story short, I hung on his every word. Mm. And flash forward to, maybe this is what the gal was talking about. I, I worked with uh, uh, Charles Durney after that on Rescue Me. Uh, and then when he was getting star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, I thought it was an interesting coincidence that his star that he was getting was right next to Cagney. So they, oh. they must have been saved in that spot. So I get down because I have a, I have a picture that I have of Charlie Durning and myself nose to nose the profile it's not if, if unless you're a character person it's not the prettiest thing in the world but it's stunning how similar our profiles yes. are to each other <laughs> and so i made a copy of that and i brought it down i gave it to and we brought it over to his wife marianne and uh i said to him uh, uh marianne I, I don't know i only met you one time she said i know who you are i saw great jack mcgacy i brought this down for, for charlie and then I just chatted for a minute and I said, did he ever tell you what he said to me the first, and, and she completed my sense, the first time he met you? I says, yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, she says, what did he say? I said, I don't want to use, she says, what did he say? He says, uh, who the fuck do you think you are looking like me? <laughs> she says, yes, he did tell me. Yes, he did. Did he, did he, did he tell you the other half? 
And I said to her, the other half? Mean the other half. She said to me, that's the same thing that Cagney said to him. No. Oh, my God. You gave me goosebumps. Really? That's the only, you know what, Vic? That's the only Hollywood story I got that wow. I know is true. And I don't care if any. I know I heard it from, from his wife. Wow. That was so, that connection, because I've lived for Cagney. I mean, I've been told wow. about it. I've worked with Cliff Robinson before. He said, you remind me of my friend, so many older actors said, remind me. And I don't know what it is about, about uh, what made my speech pattern sometimes or whatever. That, uh, but that was, that was may, may have been the, the story that, that she was referring to. That was, wow, uh, that's a great, well, thank you, Tony, because that was a great story and I yeah. wouldn't have gotten to that otherwise. Yeah. What a great, that's, that's fantastic. So, you know, what I didn't, what I haven't asked you about before, Jack, is, you know, I, I've told you, Rescue Me, for, as, a, as a sober person, as mm. a New Yorker, as somebody who went through 9-11 there in New York, mm. um, Rescue Me was a game, is, absolute game changer for me and mm. to this day i don't think addiction i don't think addiction and the attempt to get sober has ever been handled more realistically than it was on that show okay and yeah. so there there was a there was a, a, a one show when you all go out you're all in the bar together and you all go out. Everybody decides to go out and drink in the bar. Right, right. So were there, you were coming, you were already so, you were already a sober man. Um, but I know Peter Tolan, he's not a sober man. He's writing the thing. Dennis yeah. Leary, I don't know if Dennis Leary's a sober, I don't think Dennis Leary's a sober. How? I don't know where that came from, but they so nailed. Well, I, 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 I think that I think that uh, at that time, I don't think that uh, that um, uh, Dennis was uh, was in recovery. I've heard mm -hmm. since then that uh, that he 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 has he has uh, got into into recovery. Um, but he knew a lot about it. I mean, all the, his, his entire his entire stand-up comedy. He did have an uncanny feel. I think one of his dear friends was Lenny Clark. Who Lenny Clark has been sober a long time. Uh, I know he knows a lot of guys. He's been around it. You know, you mm -hmm. look at the movie The Fighter from up in that Boston. You look at in the Bronx. You, I go back to meetings in the Bronx. You see guys like guys that I used to used to see them thirty years ago. Who they, they're all in recovery now. You know, so, so he knew, I don't know if Dennis is now, or if, I don't know if that he was then, I don't, uh, but that's, uh, but I, I do know that he had a great, great feel for, for the, for the addiction, not only, not mm -hmm. only from, uh, for, uh, for alcohol, but also mm -hmm. sex addiction, which leads to blah, 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 all of this, all of this stuff and the, and the madness that goes on in one's head. And also, uh, like Tatum O'Neill was on that show. She was also. She's also battled. I'm. Right. I'm guessing there were other, probably other people in the cast that have that mm. had gone through their own. Did you have um, the fact that you come from a family of firefighters? What did you have um, a 9/11 experience? Because you weren't in New York then, right? No, I, I had been. I had been out here. I had a couple of my nephews work down there that next day. We're on the pile for a week and a half and one of them mm. has some reoccurring stuff uh, because of that <clears throat> but uh 
I knew about the, I think when I looked through the, the names and, and you find out uh, who knew who and when, when, they, when they were on the job and whatever, there were still three or four guys that I had worked with at one time that wound up uh, not making it out of, out of the towers. And, uh, but, so I, but I think that, you know, people always say this in all the time, you know, it was a firefighter, was it, did it affect, it affected all of us, you know, it, it, uh, it's the, it changed the world. It, you know, it, it, it changed the world. It was devastating, just mm -hmm. devastating. So, um, but uh, at least that's what I used to tell the girls on St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> when I'd look across the bar and they'd tell them about a story I made, a rescue I made, and it wasn't my story. It was the guy, Patty Brown, sitting across from me. And Patty, Patty Brown would be looking at me saying, you fat bastard, I'm going to kill you. And I'd be just like, yeah, I don't know. Oh, this metal? Yeah, this. I had, I had, I had. I had bought them that morning down at the supply store. This, no, yeah, this is when I repelled off from 40 floors up and I made a save and, and got the guy, you know. Save so, Patrick's Day was a lot of fun. <laughs> With so, our green, the little green berets, you had the green berets, wear it to the side. The, pl well, the plastic just, oh, ones were really oh, cute. Yeah, not the, no, no, no plastic. <laughs> These were knit. The, the girls used to knit them for us. And your goal was at the end of the day, to go home with the same hat on but mine i did but it used to get stretched out so much with people pulling my head all over that i, I want to get it back sometimes it was over my eyes oh my I, god crazy. so it, people can tell from from just this time with you that comedy comes naturally to you. you've done you've done a lot of both do you have a preference do you, uh, as far as the work goes or is it just anything that's good but you've done a lot of comedy also well, and, and, you know, it's not so much of anything that's good, but anything, <laughs> you know, you want me to work, I'm there. You know, I, I, I find that uh, your life experiences really, really uh, come into play when you're doing something uh, that's serious and dramatic. You know, I, I enjoy playing guys that are so far away from where I am or who I am. I've always so what are some favorite things that you that you've done? You've done so many, so many roles. Are there are there are there shows films that that really stand out is that was a fulfilling i, I would i would experience. say this film silver skies i was telling you about mm -hmm. <clears throat> with george the gentle side between two friends uh with the with the great sense of humor i would say uh the fighter was a great opportunity oh. to uh, to uh, to play that guy um yeah, Rescue Me was also an important part of it because not only did I have the storyline about him having a, a, a son who was gay uh, mm -hmm. and, and coming to terms with that. And that came out of a conversation with myself and Peter Tolan when I was telling him about how my father was crazy about my brother Tom. And my brother Tom was, uh, had been gone for a while, but uh, my dad just didn't know, how to, didn't know how to say the word, didn't know how to talk to uh, my brother Tom about that. And... Uh, and then, uh, then three, four weeks later, uh, uh, the script started had had me uh, exploring this role of the father. Wow! Of the so that's uh, so when when I see that work, and I can't tell you the amount of times through those uh, through that that full season and a half, where the uh, uh, guys from the and when I'm out here in Palm Springs, even with the guys from the, the gay community out here that recognize me from that and tell and. And, and share their experience about how that helped them and how that impacted their relationship with their fathers. So wow. it's, it, there's, some, there's some 
there's some wonderful, uh, wonderful stuff that that you that you you grab hold of, you know, because uh, rescue me people, say, hey chief, they holler at you. But the stuff that, and that's all good, and that's all stuff that comes natural to me. But the stuff that when I when I get to uh, when I get to explore uh, mm. my pain, I mean I'm not painful all the time, but I mean people always say, how do you, what do you work with? Well, I said, I just have to think about my losing my dad at 21. Mm. And if I if I stay there long enough, the snot's going to be running. The stuff's, mm -hmm. you know, and then or losing my mom, losing my brother Tom, loss, uh, you know. And uh, so the, I'm 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 good with that. I like the comedy too. I'm not so good with remembering lines. Okay, you know? how do you do? How the hell do you do it? I so mean, at this I, stage I, I, of I life, just, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta apply yourself. Do you have a trick? Uh, do you have a, a system? Yeah, write, write them down. Mm -hmm. Write them down, just like my friend Gabe said. You know, mm -hmm. write it, there, write it down, write it down. Paper to pen, paper to pen, paper to pen. You know, in, in these in these scripts, they're not long. You're not in much. Of them. You're writing two, three pages. Out. What are you doing anyway? So write it out, write it out, write it out, write it out. Ask for help. Go to the go to the script supervisor. See if she can come in ten minutes early when when everybody else is knocking around and grabbing coffee and grabbing a, a snack or something. Go right over to her and say, "Can we run this again?" You know, nice. I know it's always going to work out, but for some reason or other, I, I think I got to get the perfect perfect, you know, like I'm holding somebody up. We're all in the boat together. It's called rehearsal for a reason. Relax. Give yourself a break. You know, and so it's it's a learning process, you know. So, Jack, at this yeah. stage of life, are the, do you have ambition to do anything specific? Is there more you want to do? Are you content with where you are? What, what, what do you want to do? Um, you want to work, don't you? You want to work, right? Yeah, I want to work, but I'm not. I don't. I, I I've been with the same agent now for some five or six years, and uh, I think I've called her three times. <laughs> you know, I don't want to. I want to. She knows if she gets gets in the way. This year, next year's been quiet. She she knows if if the last if the last year's been quiet, you know, and then if if it happens, it happens. You know. Mm -hmm. uh, um, I got mine in a lot of ways. I'm not saying, oh, I got mine. I got mine. Maybe it's time for some other, some other guy who, I work with a lot of guys and know a lot of guys in these rooms that are talented guys, classically trained, working hard, doing showcases all the time, just to get somebody to pay attention and to give them an episode on the show. So when they get it, I'm thrilled for that. I want every job I go in on. Hmm. But I, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm fine with, you know, uh, so you, you get a job, you do this job at NC, and this thing I just doing on NCIS, it's an episodic, it'll help pay for some of the landscaping that Slappy's got going on in the back. You know, I've been very fortunate. My little pension comes in and it's my, my social security coming in with good. Uh, I, I don't have a, a care in the world uh, uh, financially at all. And, and we're not rolling in it, but we're comfortable. You know, Wonderful. And, uh, you know, and I, I, you know, I, I do, and, and you know, all does, does it takes one phone call. I, I was thinking about this the other day when I was driving back from LA, that if I, if, if, what would, talking to myself, hey, Jack, what would you do? <laughs> what would you do if you, if, if another series, a, a sitcom or something came along mm -hmm. and I, or a series? 
Mm-hmm. Well, then uh, I, I said, I, I don't know. I said, I wouldn't go to New I don't think I would go to New York without Slappy, you know. And uh, mm-hmm. unless they, 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 it's both loads of money that you can keep both places up and take care of whatever. And even then, you know, I, I, I'd have to ask, oh, what do you want to do? Uh, so I, I, if, if it happens, it happens. And I know it probably could, and it's, it's, only, you know, you're, it's only a phone call away. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't pursue Absolutely. it as, as much anymore. There's been over 180, 190 different uh, uh, projects. My niece keeps track of that. You know, wow. uh, and even if the residuals come in every three months for 14 cents, sometimes they're 14 <laughs> cents, sometimes they're a little bit more than that. I don't, I don't, I don't need much. Uh, I, I, I was a little bit, my nose was pushed out of joint uh, last week because I had to be in LA when I had a game that day. <laughs> when he had a softball game with a bunch of old guys that I say, oh man, I, I can't even play softball. I got to go make, oh yeah, you got to go make money and be on a show. Okay, so uh, I'm good. I'm, 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 I'm good. I'm happy, joyous, and free. I love that so much. And I love the fact that you still adore your wife and have this wonderful life together. And what more is there that you've you've had this fantastic career, you still have it. Plus you have more importantly, I think you have this incredible love affair, which is amazing. Yeah, Um, she's crazy. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful uh, thing. uh, I should write a book. And Jack, I'm going (laughs) to say five minutes a day. That's all you. you have to commit to. You can send me an email every day and tell me that you did it. That's Hold all you second. gotta do. Hold on. I'm telling you. Stay right where you are. All right, I'm staying. I'm not look, moving. Look, I got my books. You gotta do oh, it. Look at this. This is a, I, this. I came across this the other day. This is the, the script that I read for you, for you gals at that meeting. <gasps> oh my yeah. gosh. I want but you to do it the, again. I don't know when I'm gonna have 50 okay, people in my living this, room again. These, but... are, these are the books. I bought five different books. So Fantastic. So, and I'd start off with what, uh, number one would be my oldest brother. And then another book, number two, and just start jotting down things about him. And then maybe uh, someday put it together. We'll see. It hasn't I'm been telling you, you have a saga. You have a saga that you could turn into a Netflix series with all these characters. Oh, Jesus! Then I have to go to work. They, <laughs> but they haven't done a saga about the South. Oh, I have some other short, uh, some short fat bastard that uh, that's younger that can do that. Give there him his go. big break because that's there the kind go. of guy I am. <laughs> I love that about you. I love you, Jack. Thank you so much for doing You're this. Very welcome. Thank I love so spending much. time with you. You look absolutely delicious. And Thank now I'm you. gonna and now I'm gonna leave you. Uh, now I'm gonna leave you and, and, and let you go on about your day. <laughs> Thanks okay. so much, Jack. Bye bye. See you soon. Bye.